All right. Good morning, Three Circle Church. Great to be with you guys today. We, I can't believe I'm saying these words, but we are bringing to a finale the Elijah series today. And how many of you enjoyed this journey that we've taken through the Old Testament, life of Elijah? It's great, been, been great, and my hope is that you have learned about Jesus. Uh, remember, the, the focus of the series was not to learn about Elijah, it was to learn about God through Elijah's life, and that's what I hope has happened for all of us uh, through this series. So as we dive in today, we're coming to the end of Elijah's life and the end of Elijah's ministry. And so when we look at that, we're going to talk today about the idea of legacy, we're going to talk about legacy, and it's something that maybe you haven't thought about a lot. Maybe you think about it some. But I do think that all of us as people have this natural thing inside of us that we don't want to be forgotten. We don't want to die and no one even remember anything we ever did and not have had an impact. We want to leave a legacy of some sort. I think what I want you to understand is you are leaving a legacy. The question is, what kind are you leaving? Uh, Donald Miller, great writer and, and, and author, says that we should all live our lives with our funeral in mind. Now, I know that seems morbid. Uh, we don't want to think about our funerals, but I don't know if you know this, but the last time I checked, there's a 100% chance we're all going to die, okay? Like, that, it's coming. I know that's not fun, but here's the deal. When, when that day comes... Some guy, sometimes like me, is going to stand on the stage and talk about you. And your family and your friends are going to talk. And you know what they're going to talk about? Your legacy. They, they're not going to call it that, but you have left something behind. You're probably going to leave some stuff behind. They're taking that to the Goodwill, all right? You know what I mean? They're going to have a yard sale with your stuff. But there's something more important that you're going to leave. And you ask yourself about legacy. Here's the question that we as Christians must ask. And it's this. Is legacy even a biblical concept? Is that something the Bible even tells us we should do? Or is legacy some kind of human thing and it doesn't really matter? Uh, well, absolutely we should. You know, the Bible says in the book of James that our lives are just vapors. They're here for a moment and they're gone. I don't believe that verse is here to minimize our lives. I think that verse is telling you your life is short, so you better make it count because it's so short. Well, the book of Proverbs tells us that absolutely legacy does matter. Proverbs 13.22 says a good man leaves an inheritance to his children's children. But the sinner's wealth is laid up for the righteous. Now, when you read that verse, you think immediately, oh, that means leaving money and houses and all that. And I'm not saying that leaving a financial inheritance is bad. But I want to tell you that is not all the Bible means. The Bible's saying that when we're good and good people are only good through God. So you're not good on your own. So this means that you have faith in God. Well, people who have faith in God will care about the legacy that they leave behind. And they are going to leave a good legacy and not just for the next generation, but the one after that. That's what the Bible's telling you here. Like we're supposed to be forward thinkers, like really think ahead as to what kind of life and what kind of legacy we are leaving. Well, today, as we look at Elijah again, you're going to see this. Elijah is an example of leaving what we're going to call a spiritual legacy. Elijah left a spiritual legacy. He did it intentionally. He did it because God told him to as well. God told him, hey, you are not going to be a lone ranger. You bring this Elisha guy with you. You're going to leave a legacy through him. You're going to train somebody else up. You're going to pour your life into someone. You're going to leave a roadmap for somebody. So he did this, and he left a spiritual legacy, and that's what we're going to talk about today. I'm not here to do financial planning for you today, so you leave a bunch of money for your kids. If you're, if you're doing that, awesome. But I'll tell you what's more important than the stuff you leave them is the spiritual legacy you leave behind. And, and by the way, I also don't want you to think this is just a parenting message today. 
You don't just leave a legacy for your kids. You leave a legacy for your friends. And by the way, legacy doesn't just begin when you die. Your legacy begins every time you leave a room. Because legacy is what's there when you're not there. This means, look, I have a 16-year-old who's now driving. He spends a lot of time away from me. I'm not watching every little thing he does. So do you know when my legacy begins? When he drives out of my driveway. Have I given that kid a roadmap to make decisions, how he lives his life? Have I left something behind that he can follow right now? That's what legacy means. It's so much more important than you could ever imagine. And Elijah left a spiritual legacy. And I think our call is to do the same today, whether you're here or at one of our campuses or online. So let's go to 2 Kings 2, 5 through 8. The time is drawing near for Elijah to be taken up. And the prophets all know this. Like the guys who are in tune with what God is doing, they are being led by God. They realize Elijah is about to go. Now remember today again, we're going to talk about Elijah and Elisha. Don't get your Jah mixed up with your Shah, all right? We got to keep Shah and Jah separate today, okay? So Elijah is coming to his end. So it says this in verse 5, the sons of the prophets who were at Jericho drew near to Elisha and they said to him, do you know that today the Lord will take away your master from over you? And he answered, yes, I know it. Keep quiet. Now just pause. I love that. He's like, yes, I know it. I don't want to talk about it. I know he's almost done. I know he's about to leave. And I don't want to talk about that right now. I love that these prophets are very human. So Elisha's like, leave me alone. I know he's leaving. Verse 6. Then Elijah said to him, please stay here for the Lord has sent me to the Jordan. Jordan was a river. But he said, as the Lord lives and as you yourself live, I will not leave you. So Elisha is like, I'm not leaving until you're gone. I'm going to be right by your side. So the two of them went on. Fifty men of the sons of the prophets also went and stood at some distance from them as they both were standing by the Jordan. Then Elijah took his cloak. He rolled it up. He struck the water of the Jordan with it. And the water was parted to the one side and to the other till the two of them could go over on dry ground. Now let's talk about what's happening here, okay? First of all, remember, there's very few. I was talking to a Bible scholar recently and we had a discussion about the fact that there are very few descriptions of people, like their physical descriptions in the Bible. Like very, very few. Have you ever noticed that? We don't know what one of the disciples looks like. I, I wish we did. Like, could you have told us like, you know, John had a goatee and Thomas was a little overweight and Peter was ripped. I don't know. Something. We got nothing. Like we have very few physical descriptions of humans in the Bible, but there are a few. And one of them is Elijah. We know what Elijah looked like. If you read it, we read it last week, one of the kings describes him. He says, he's really hairy, which meant he probably had long hair. And anyway, it meant all kinds of stuff. You know, he looked like a bear, I guess, walking up on you. And then he had a crazy outfit and he had a belt that tied around it. We said that he probably looked a lot like Rambo from the 80s, okay? Kind of had that vibe. And then we know what John the Baptist looked like, right? John the Baptist looked a lot like him. Everybody said, maybe this is Elijah return. It's like... John the Baptist said, no, I'm just another guy who wears crazy stuff, you know? I'm my own guy. So we have a physical description of him, but one thing we also know is that he wore this thing called a cloak or a mantle. He had this thing that all the Israeli prophets had. If you had the office of prophet, it didn't matter what kind of crazy outfit you wore underneath it, like Elijah, you had the cloak, you had the mantle, you had the office, and he had that thing. 
And the Bible tells us here that at the very end, I love that right up to the end, Elijah is still teaching Elisha how to use this thing. Because guess who's about to get it? Elisha. So he's still teaching him. And right there at the very end, Elijah takes that cloak, wraps it up, and hits the water with it. And it splits wide open for them. This was a, this was a natural miracle, an aquatic, a hydraulic miracle. It would have been unbelievable to watch this happen with your own eyes, right? Like, this is miraculous. What's he teaching Elisha at the end? He's teaching him, hey, bud, when you face things that seem insurmountable, your God can overcome them. When you face a river that it seems like you can't cross, I want you to remember that your God can get you across any river he wants you across, that nothing can stop the power of your God. And he's teaching him that to the very end. And as I look at this, I think that's what it looks like to leave a legacy, He's not just telling him, he's showing him. He's not just teaching him, he's modeling it for him. And the idea here is, let me give you a visual idea of what's going on here. What's happening is Elijah is still living in a way that he's leaving a wake behind his boat. When you take a boat out, you leave a wake behind it. Now, a couple of years ago, a good friend of mine who lives north of Montgomery, he calls me up. He says, hey, Chris, I have bought a boat. you got to come see this thing. It's called a surf boat. How many of you have ever heard of the surf boats? Anybody or online? Okay, so what this boat does is it is designed to kick off a wake behind it that creates a wave on a lake. They're on Lake Martin. It kicks off a consistently perfect surfable wave. It's literally designed to kick off a wave that you can surf the whole time. He's like, you got to check this out. So I went up there, and here's some footage of the day I went and tried out the surf boat. <laughs> I, I had longer hair then, and uh, yeah, that's not me. But that's what it looks like. So this is pretty incredible. That boat is leaving behind a perfectly surfable wave. By the way, the dude's hair is aw- like, that's awesome hair. Now he's just showing off. He's like, look what I can do. But what he's doing is he's surfing behind this boat. That boat is leaving a wake that he can surf all day long if he wants to. Now, let me ask you something. What kind of wake are you leaving behind you? Because you're leaving one. Is the wake behind your boat of your life, is it one that your kids, not just your kids though, your coworkers, uh, people who are around you for a little while, uh, people who were with you when your kids were on the same ball team, what are they going to remember from their time with you, their conversations with you, sitting in the stands with you? What kind of wake are you leaving behind you? And is it one that is surfable, if you will? Is it one that can pe- people can ride it? People can get behind the boat of your life. The the Apostle Paul said it like this, follow me as I follow Christ. What Paul was saying was, hey guys, I'm going to leave a wake behind my boat. You can surf it. You can follow Christ by following my example. I want you to write this down. This is an important idea with legacy. Your example now becomes their guide later. What you're going to see in a minute is Elisha is going to use what he just saw Elijah do for himself. You're going to see that he's going to follow Elijah's life like a guide. Your example now is going to become a guide for someone else later. Your example of how to share your faith. Your example of how to handle tough situations. Your example of how you're raising your kids. Your example when your kids are watching you. You are building a guide list for life for people later on. And the question is, could people use your life as a guide? The Bible clearly is teaching us that we should be living our lives in that way. We should be thinking about not just the next generation, but the generation after that, according to the verse we read. 
So the idea here would be the idea of like Lewis and Clark. I love history, and if you've ever read uh, uh, Ambrose's book, Undaunted Courage, you want to read a great book, Undaunted Courage. It's about the expedition of Lewis and Clark. Now, if you don't know what, what that's all about, so Thomas Jefferson decided that he would buy the Louisiana Purchase for like 20 bucks. You know what I mean? It was crazy. It's still considered the greatest land buy in, in human history, actually. And so this, you know, so, but no one knew anything about it. No one had ever seen some of this stuff. And he wanted a way to get to the Pacific Ocean. So these two guys, Lewis and Clark, take the expedition. They're going into land no one's ever seen. They're going through land that no one has ever seen, except for the Native Americans that were there. And they're going to definitely learn from them. And it's going to be one of the great adventures in human history, okay? But what I found when I read it, because I always thought, yeah, they just went on a canoe trip, a dangerous one, but a canoe trip. No, 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 there was a purpose. Lewis and Clark were, were really good map makers. They were trained to do that. The whole time they are taking their trip, they're making a map. And watch this, Lewis and Clark understood that once they made their trip, a million people were coming behind them and they were going to follow their map. They, so watch, they took their journey with that in mind. They made that journey understanding people were going to follow their map. And so they were careful with their map. They understood that if they took a wrong turn, a million other people were going to take a wrong turn. They understood if they made a mistake, the, the next person was going to make a mistake. So Lewis and Clark figured it out for everybody so that the next group that came through, they had it way easier because Lewis and Clark were willing to share the goods and the bads, the ups and the downs, the right turns and the wrong turns to make the next journey better. That is what you call legacy, guys. It's living with intention. It's living understanding others are going to follow your roadmap and they already are. They already are. So the question is, what kind of map are you leaving behind? What kind of wake are you leaving behind your boat today? And, that, and some of you may think, well, this is a message for people who are older. Or you may think, this is a message for parents. No, 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 no. Every time you walk out of a room, you're having an impact on people. People who come in contact with you. People who work with you. People who are around you. Uh, people who get to know you. What kind of roadmap have you left behind? What is your legacy? Well, let's look at what happens next. 2 Kings 2, 9-14. When they had crossed, Elijah said to Elisha, Ask what I shall do for you before I am taken from you. And Elisha said, Please let there be a double portion of your spirit on me. And Elijah said, You have asked a hard thing, yet if you see me as I'm being taken from you, it will be so for you. But if you do not see me, it will not be so. Now I want to hit pause. We're going to come right back to the text. Why won't Elijah guarantee to Elisha that he's going to get this double portion he's asking for? First of all, what a great thing to ask for. I love that. Like, I love that he says, I want to walk with God the way you have, basically. I want God to use me the way you have. Notice, he doesn't want anything financially or materialistically from Elijah. He wants spiritual legacy. Folks, today, you can leave houses and land and money to your kids. Good thing to do. But it pales in comparison to leaving them a spiritual roadmap. It, le it pales in comparison to you leaving a spiritual legacy. But Elijah says to him, I can't give you that. I can't guarantee you you're going to get that. Why? Because it wasn't his to give. 
If Elisha would have said, hey, I want that cool rattlesnake belt you have there, you know, that thing, you, I'd like that, half forever, a memento, right? I can't give, I, I can give you that. But what I can't do is guarantee you, watch this. Elijah is saying to Elisha, you can follow the roadmap of my legacy, but I'm, I can't guarantee you that your experience will be the exact same as mine. I'm leaving you a roadmap, but you're going to have to take your own journey. I don't, it's not for me to give you mine. Like if you want what I, I want a double portion of what you had. He's like, I don't know what your journey is going to look like. I know I'm leaving you a roadmap you can follow. The, the next guys that took the Lewis and Clark route, they didn't run into the exact same things. It didn't snow the same uh, level. It didn't, he, they didn't have the same tornadic activity that Lewis and Clark faced at certain points. They didn't deal with the same mean grizzly bear that chased Lewis and Clark into the water. Not the same stuff. It was a different journey, but it was a roadmap. And what, what you need to understand is when you leave, what you're leaving is a roadmap, not a carbon copy. My kids will not have the same life experience I have, but they have a roadmap for me, hopefully, that they can follow while they're on their journey. Y'all tracking with that, guys? So, so let's go back to the text. So he tells him, hey, if you can still see me when God's taken me away, it's going to be true for you. Verse 11, and as they went on and they talked, behold, chariots of fire and horses of fire separated the two of them. And Elijah went up by a whirlwind into heaven. And Elisha saw it and he cried out, my father, my father, the chariots of Israel and its horsemen. And he saw him no more. Then he took hold of his own clothes and tore them into two pieces. That would have been the way they grieve in the ancient world. But watch this, verse 13. He notices something on the ground. And he took up the cloak of Elijah. There it is, the cloak that had fallen from him. And he went back and he stood on the bank of the Jordan. Then he took the cloak of Elijah that had fallen from him and he struck the water saying, where is the Lord, the God of Elijah? And when he had struck the water, the water was parted to the one side and to the other and Elisha went over. Now let's dive into this. First of all, I love the fact that Elijah throws down the mantle. So somebody else is picking it up and it's for Elisha. And of course, we know that Elisha does see him being taken away by this whirlwind, which is this incredible biblical story. So now we know, according to Elijah, that he is going to get the double portion that he asked for. But a couple of things I want us to take from the text we just looked at. First of all, legacy is what remains when you are gone. Let's make it real simple. Not just when you're dead, but when you leave a room. Again, I got a 16-year-old kid who's living life. I'm not in every room with him. Have I left him a roadmap he can follow when he's making decisions? When life comes at him, can he follow dad's roadmap? All of you, l listen, when, when I coach kids and I'm, I got coaches with me and parents, in that six months when we were on a team together, did I have any kind of impact? Did I leave any kind of roadmap of how to handle things, how to do things? Sometimes I teach other coaches how to not coach. It's a really good thing. If they take my mistakes, they can coach better in the future. It's a beautiful legacy I'm leaving behind. This is very important. What are you leaving behind when you're gone? You're going to leave behind a bunch of stuff? You know 90% of that, they're taking it to the goodwill. Right? Everybody leaves all this stuff to their kids, and their kids are like, oh, thank you so much. And then, man, they barely get that. The music of the funeral service is barely over, and they're like, where's, where's goodwill again? Where's that? How quick are we going to have this yard sale? They don't want that ceramic cat you had sitting there in the kitchen all those years. 
They told you they like that ceramic cat because they love you. Like, do you want me to leave the ceramic cat to you? Yes, ma'am, oh, I do. I love the ceramic cat. And then when you go to heaven, that ceramic cat's going to the goodwill. All right? It's just the way it works. But what you do leave behind is a legacy, a spiritual legacy. What remains when you are gone is so very important. Here's another one for us. Legacy requires something. It requires considering tomorrow while living today. Folks, this is so hard for Americans. I was talking to a guy who's kind of an expert in geopolitical stuff here recently, and he said the reason it's so hard for Americans when we're dealing with like the Russian situation is because the Russians, he said, they can see, they are willing to take the long path. He's like, they'll see the world in 100-year increments. They see if I do this now, this is what will happen in 50 years. And Americans, we're like, no, we need like this afternoon. We want results now. We don't wait on anything. Look, we're the folks that invented microwaves so that we get our popcorn now. That, remember back in the day when you do it on a stovetop? We're like, that takes too long. I want it in three minutes. Crockpots. Been using crockpots for a long time. But Americans decided, oh, no, we don't want eight hours. We don't want four hours. We want our chicken in eight minutes. We're going to make an Instapot, right? Everybody talks about air fryers now. Everybody's got an air fryer, right? And y'all acting like you got the air fryer because it makes you healthy. Uh-huh. Now you got the air fryer because you can have chicken wings in 45 seconds. That's why you got it. But you don't want to wait on it. That's how Americans are, right? So we have this really short view. Watch this, but legacy, if you and I are going to leave a legacy, it requires thinking about tomorrow while I'm living today. It requires me right now as a dad thinking about my grandkids, and I don't know who they are yet. They're not here yet. It requires me thinking about when I'm gone. When I'm coaching a ball team, it requires me thinking about not just the game on Saturday morning, but what that kid is going to get out of that season when that kid who's 12 now is 18. What will that kid take from that time? That's what it takes, and that's what legacy looks like, and it's so very hard. One of my mentors talks about parenting. He says, when you're raising a 12-year-old, don't try to raise a great 12-year-old. Always remember what you're raising is a 25-year-old. You're raising a 30-year-old. You're not raising a 12-year-old. 12-year-olds have messy rooms. They do crazy stuff. They make mistakes. Don't live in that little moment. You've got to think, what, am I, what kind of roadmap am I making for this 12-year-old kid to be an incredible dad when he's 25, to be an incredible man when he's 30? That's what legacy looks like. But it's hard. It's so hard to live that intentionally. But we must and we should and the Bible is inspired. This is not a message today to make you feel bad if you feel like you're not living a, a good legacy. I don't want you to feel bad. Guilt is the worst motivator in the world. No one likes guilt trips. I'm not here to give you a guilt trip. I want to inspire you by the word of God to change today, to become intentional today. It's inspired me this week to get more serious about the roadmap I'm leaving behind. Now here's good news. If you follow God and get intentional about the legacy you leave, the people coming behind you, whether it's at job, work, kids, whatever, they may have a better trip than you had if you leave them a good roadmap. This is interesting. Elisha, even though Elijah, remember, don't get Jah and Shah mixed up. Keep them separate. Jah, Elijah, he did some great stuff. You could argue that he's more famous now. 
But the truth of the story is, Elisha performed twice as many recorded miracles as Elijah did. How about that? Jah is more famous to Shah because he called down fire on that mountain. I mean, if you burn a mountain down, I guess you get all the fame. But if you know the real story, Elisha is going to do way more than Elijah did. Indeed, he did get the double portion. Hey, let me tell you something that I want to see. I want to see. I think it's awesome what we have at Three Circle. What if the best days are ahead of us, though? In fact, what if the best preacher, the best communicator this church is ever going to have is sitting in a kid's room right now learning his Bible stories from our children's ministry? What if that's the real story here and we don't realize it? Hey, what if the next guy that's going to change the Gulf Coast for the glory of Christ is sitting in our middle school ministry in the very chairs you sit in this Wednesday night? What if a high school young lady who's going to be in our ministries this Wednesday night is actually going to do more for the glory of God in her lifetime than any of us could ever imagine? What if the next great book about Christ and his glory is going to be written out of a kid at this church? What if the roadmaps we're all leaving now is going to lead to amazing things that God's going to do? That's a cool story to me. That gets me a little fired up, and I thought it would fire y'all up a little more than it did, if I'm being honest with you. That's what I want to see. Elisha did more than Elijah. That's awesome. That's what legacy looks like. If we'll get intentional about it, if we'll care about it. So what does this mean then? If, 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 we're, if we're wanting to leave a spiritual legacy, how can we define it? I want to give you what spiritual legacy is right now. Spiritual legacy will point people to the person of Jesus, to his word, to his mission, and to his glory. That's what it'll do. It'll point people to Jesus, his word, his mission, and his glory. When people look at the roadmap of your life, whether it's now while you're still living or whether when you're gone, look, there's going to be a funeral one day, y'all. What are they going to say? There's going to be a funeral. Don't make guys like me have to make up a bunch of stuff. It's hard. There's been times that I've sat down with the families and I'm like, y'all not giving me a lot to work with and they're just looking at me like, Good luck, man. We just giving you what we had to work with. Don't be that guy. Don't be that lady. Make it easy. The funerals I love to do is when I come in and there's sadness and joy. And there's so much that literally I, I, it's hard for me to pick the great stuff because there's so much to talk about the legacy of a person. Spiritual legacy points to Jesus, first of all, the person of Christ. Am I pointing people to Christ? Does my life, if people follow my roadmap, remember what Paul said, follow me as I follow Christ. Lewis and Clark, we're going to make a map. Y'all follow our map. You'll get to the Pacific. If people jump onto the map of my life, will it lead to Jesus? Or will it lead to a deer stand? Or will it lead to a bank account? Or will it lead to an athletic field? Now, there is nothing wrong with bank accounts, athletic fields, and deer stands. I like frequenting all of those. But it can't be the only legacy I leave behind. 
I don't want my kids to go. My dad was a great outdoorsman. My dad liked good music. He loved great food. Man, dad was awesome. Whoa, 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 there's something really important you're leaving off there. You got to get to Jesus. My life can go to restaurants and great trips and fun and great memories. And I was funny and I like sports. But it better get to Jesus or I've wasted my life. I have wasted my time here. If the map doesn't get to Jesus, are you with me, church? i got to get to Jesus. So it points to Jesus. It also will point to his word. My family needs to know, my friends need to know that I operate by the book, that I have an authority of in my life, and my authority is not me or what I want or what the culture tells me I should believe, that I had a guiding principle in my life and that it was the authority of the word of God. The roadmap of my life should lead to his mission. That everywhere I went, I took the mission with me. Whether it was at the ball field or whether it was at the hunting camp or whether it was at the friend's party that we were all hanging out with, that if you hang out with me long enough, at some point we're going to talk about some eternal stuff. Like if you hang out with me long enough, we're going to talk about Jesus. We just are. Like you're not going to hang out with me. This whole thing about everybody, I'm just quiet in my faith. Look, if people can hang out with you very long and not know you're a Christian, you might not be one. I'm just being honest with you. Like at some point, if you're a Jesus follower, people should know. They should smell it on you. Peter was trying to hide that he knew Jesus. He was trying to hide it. And he denied him three times, but they kept looking at him going, you've been around him. You're one of them. No, no, no. You've been around him. We can tell the way you talk, the way you act. Look, it is impossible for you to walk with Jesus and not look like him and smell like him and act like him, y'all. You with me? So that should be a part of my legacy. And then his glory. I want an overriding principle of my legacy and yours. I'm not talking about mine, I want yours. To be that it wasn't about you. It was about his glory. That that's what you wanted more than anything was for people to see God in you and Jesus through you. That's what we want. That's what spiritual legacy is. Don't make bad trades. Reading this great book uh, called Aristotle Ran, What If Aristotle Ran General Motors. It's a secular guy, but he said, in our modern world, we've made some bad trades. Let me tell you a few of them that he said, and this is why we can't leave great legacies. We've traded wisdom for cleverness. We've traded dignity for glamour. We've traded truth for expediency. We've traded beauty for just excitement and sensationalism. We've traded true goodness for simple pleasantness and platitudes. We've traded character for personality, and we've traded reputation for fame. This is a secular guy saying, this is why we can't leave legacy. Because we've made some really bad trades, folks. I want us to leave a roadmap in every room, in every environment, and ultimately when we die, I want us to leave a roadmap for those left behind. The Bible says we can and we should. Elijah certainly did. And what I love is Elisha. Don't you love this? Elisha picks up the mantle and he walks to a river and he doesn't go, I don't know what to do. No, he knew exactly what to do because he had a road map, didn't he? And Elisha takes that mantle, balls it up. Can you imagine as he said, I know exactly what to do. And he hits that water and it splits the same exact way. Elijah had left a road map for Elisha to follow. And he walked right across that river because he knew exactly what to do. He had left a legacy. Psalm 112.6 says this, 
for all of us today. Because we're going to give you a matchbook when you leave about legacy. And I want you to know these two verses. It says, the righteous will never be moved. They'll be remembered forever. Forever. If you follow God. And then I love what Daniel says. He says, those who are wise shall shine like the brightness of the sky above. And those who turn many to righteousness like stars forever and ever. Like stars in the sky, your legacy will look like that. Forever and ever it'll stand. And so when you leave today, everyone in the room is going to get a matchbook. I want you to remember this series forever. And it has the series logo on it. When you open it up, it says, may the flame of our faith burn bright for Christ. And here's what we want you to realize. It's got a bunch of matches in there. Your life is going to touch a lot of people. The question is, will you have any impact at all? Will you leave a legacy? Let me tell you, what we hope is that as you burn for Christ, that you will light all the other matches. One match can light a hundred of them. One match can light a hundred. So my question today is, will your life light anybody up to the glory of God? And my hope is every time you look at that matchbook that you'll remember that you should and you can. Let's pray together. Jesus, I pray that every one of us today will intentionally begin to live in such a way that we leave a spiritual legacy for your glory. And we pray that in Jesus' name. Amen.